Hey everybody, before we get started with this episode, a couple things. One, make sure that you guys are in the Tech Talks podcast online community on Facebook. And two, we would be honored if you left us a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher. Apple has changed things recently where they're moving to a subscription-based model. And just because of the expense of podcasting, we don't want to have to go that route. We want to make this free, but we do have a giving option available in every episode uh, show notes where you can actually just give to the show either as little as five bucks a month or a one-time gift. And that kind of keeps us going, keeps us on the air, keeps us doing the things that we can do. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the Tech Talks podcast, turning adversity into victory and confronting the limitations of cultural Christianity. Whether you're new to the faith, an average Sunday Christian, a true disciple, or you've never had a relationship with Jesus, join us as we openly explore the application of biblical truth into your career, calling, and daily life. On Tech Talks, we seek to apply the principles found in scripture so that we can all experience a true God-first life. Victory lives here. Let's get started. We live in a world today where hope is at an all-time low. Suicide is up, drug abuse, alcoholism, obesity, church attendance is even at an all-time low. I used to think hope was just another fluffy positive emotion, that it was present for a short period of time, then disappearing. It wasn't until I lost my own way that I truly understood the importance of hope. In 2008 was my junior year of college, and I began feeling depressed, so much so that I started seeing a counselor on campus every week, and I was really confused. I was in a great relationship, I was getting straight A's and B's, I had a partial scholarship, great friends, I was having tons of fun, but for some reason I felt hopeless and empty, and this led me down the path where I began, quote, searching for truth. I picked up books about all different religions and thought leadership, And around that time, I was heavily involved in the Masonic Lodge, and there was a heavy spiritual aspect of the Lodge, so I began attending more events, committing to more initiation rituals, and kept myself busy within the Masonic Lodge and my Scottish Rite Valley. Side note, I'm no longer affiliated with Freemasonry. The Lord really convicted me shortly after I got saved, and my personal belief as a true Christ follower should not be involved with the Freemasons, but that may be another episode for another time. For a full story of how I came to know Jesus, check out the episode link in the show notes where I do share my full testimony. I've usually struggled with God's commands. I always thought it was weird that God needed to command us to love him. It is, however, the first and greatest commandment according to Jesus. And as I've matured in my walk with the Lord, I see that now with better eyes. God calls himself to be our first love because not only does he deserve that place, but he knows what pain will follow if we get things out of order. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. You cannot pour from an empty cup. His love is a rescue from disaster. 
When our hearts are angered in true love, our hearts can go on to love. Did you know that hope functions the same way? When our hopes are in the proper places and attached to the right things, we are rescued from a thousand heartbreaks and we flourish better as human beings. But not all hopes are created equal. There are three distinct hopes and each is unique, but each also has its proper place. There are casual hopes, precious hopes, and ultimate hopes. Let's roll through them. Casual hopes are the daily kind. I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope this flight's on time. I hope this dinner turns out well. There is absolutely nothing wrong with this brand of hope. In fact, hope shows your heart is still alive. But casual hopes are nothing compared to our precious hopes. Like, I hope this pregnancy goes well. I hope God hears my prayers for my mother. I hope the doctor's tests reveal nothing at all. Precious hopes are far deeper in our hearts and tend to fuel our most earnest prayers. But deeper still are our ultimate hopes, our life and death hopes. John Eldred says in his new book, All Things New, quote, I would suggest the only things that belong in the category of ultimate hopes are the things that will destroy your heart and soul if they are not fulfilled, end quote. I hope God can forgive me. I hope somehow my mistakes can be redeemed. And as you're staring into the eyes of a dying loved one, hoping, I hope I'll see you again. Today, many people have let their hopes wander. We have a culture that makes casual hopes into precious hopes and turn genuinely precious hopes into critical or ultimate hopes. Someone who chose to commit suicide because their loved one chose another has taken a precious hope and made it the outcome of their very being. John Eldridge also says, quote, I would say that when a casual hope is deferred, we are disappointed, but no more. We are downcast for a moment or a day. When a precious hope is dashed, it can really break your heart. It may not recover for a week or five years, depending on the loss and other resources of your life. Proverbs 13.12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Doesn't it, though? But when an ultimate hope goes unanswered, the result is devastation from which you will never recover. End quote. Here's another way to look at it. When our casual hopes are suddenly in question, they elicit worry, but nothing more. When our precious hopes are in question, they can usher in some fear and anxiety. Ultimate hopes that suddenly seem uncertain will shake your soul to its very core. And I'll be very honest with you, very few things deserve the place in your heart made for ultimate hope. Just like God is our first love, scripture does suggest that our first hope is reserved for what Jesus calls the renewal of all things. He calls it the great restoration. This is found peppered through the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 19, verse 28 says, quote, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his throne. And then the message translation even says, quote, In the recreation of the world. Now, the Greek word for renewal is palingenesia, derived from two root words. Paling, meaning again, and Genesia, meaning beginning, which is taking us back to Genesis. Eden restored? Could it possibly be? We hear a lot about heaven above, but Jesus is clearly not talking about heaven here. He's talking about the recreation of all things, including this earth. Now, not to go down a deep theological rabbit hole, but the Bible is clear that heaven is not our final home. 
but that heaven will literally come down to earth, what Jesus calls the new Jerusalem, and everything we know and love will be restored, not annihilated as most stereotypes seem to perpetuate. When we understand what our future actually entails, it changes the lens by which we see and live our lives. Don't fight this hope, this ultimate hope. We are built for hearts for the kingdom, the great restoration, the palingenesia. Take inventory that your hopes are in the right place and given the proper weight, and it'll change everything. This episode of Tech Talks has ended, but be sure to subscribe for upcoming inspiration. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you transformative content. See you next time.